Google doesn't like link building, yet law firms that accumulate links see better results. I'm Lee Levy, co-founder of Nanato Media, and this is In Camera Podcast, where we find out what links are worth your time and investment. Private Legal Marketing Conversations. Grace, how are you today? Great. How are you doing, Liel? Doing great, Grace. Thank you very much for asking. I know this is your second week back at the office. We had Memorial Day weekend in between. You had a good weekend. Yes, I did enjoy my weekend. It was. I'm in Florida, so I was actually able to go and kind of foray out into the world for once. <laughs> That's great. That's great. How does it feel out there? I haven't been out myself, to be very honest with you, in quite some time. Like keeping it very minimal, my interactions with the outside world. But I miss it. I must say that, you know, it's getting harder and harder every day to uh, stay disciplined in this way. Ah, I travel with a mask and hand sanitizer. So that tells you something. <laughs> you got it. Grace, uh, we have today a really, really exciting conversation. You know, for us, it's so common to jump right back into SEO uh, whenever we can because we love it. And so why don't you do the honor and introduce our guest for today's conversation? Yay, super excited. So guys, today we are thrilled to have Ryan Klein join us for a conversation about link building. So Ryan is one of the managing partners at Market My Market, which is an agency that helps law firms build and implement effective digital marketing strategies. Ryan is known for his technical expertise in SEO, which is search engine optimization, and consistently being up to speed with programming and automation, particularly on websites. You can learn more about Ryan and Market My Market by visiting marketmymarket.com. And he also has his own amazing podcast, actually has two, but for this purposes, I'll mention the legal one. It's called legalmastermindpodcast.com. Again, as you guys all know, you can always look at the show notes and you will find all of that information in there. Ryan, thank you so much for being a part of our podcast. Welcome. Hey, glad to be here. Thanks, guys. Yes, very excited to have you. Thank you very much, Ryan, for creating the time to be with us. And so let, let's start with uh, a simple question. Where where have you spent the pandemic? Where have you been quarantining? Um, so I guess I had sort of the pleasure of being able to witness firsthand here in Seattle, Washington. Um, as uh, people know, that kind of made its way in through Everett and made its way down to Seattle. So we've been hanging tight for quite some time, kind of seeing this, how it panned out from the rest of the country. And um, we're kind of taking it easy. Uh, not much going on here. We're not open just yet. Um, but it's uh, allowed me a lot of time to catch up on plenty of projects, uh, actually projects that dated back to last November, December, finally caught up. So if there's any silver lining, I'm pretty good to go with a lot of great things. So, yeah, hanging well, tight. It's great to hear that you've been well and safe. 
And when I hear Seattle, Washington, and particularly uh, being the end of May, I can just kind of like grinch because um, in just a couple of weeks, SMX was supposed to take place there, right? And so as many of the other things that I got postponed, that was one of the things that we've had to scrap off the list. But very excited about the virtual event that they're going to be having later in June. So uh, definitely that's something that we're going to be uh, potentially talking about in this podcast. So... Ryan, um, let's start a conversation on SEO link building with uh, just revisiting how you guys experienced the latest core update that took place this month a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. so I, actually that was pretty interesting when you, you mentioned the core update and we'd be discussing that today um, because uh, we keep tabs on all our clients and we see what's going on, fluctuations. If anyone got hit, you know, do a little bit of an audit analysis, what's different about them, why they get hit as opposed to someone else. And really the the people that get hit the most was us, <laughs> to be honest. Um, and the agency. I, yeah, the agency. And <laughs> actually, I think what got hit the most, and I know that the focus of this conversation is pretty heavily link building, but from our, our standpoint, and it's, you know, a lot of updates are up to interpretation a little bit. You have to take what Google says with a grain of salt. Uh, SEOs, no matter at what experience level, kind of have their own, um, you know, insight into what caused it or what, what's going on there. But for us, the, the pages that got hit the most were really our thinnest pages. Um, so it really didn't seem like it was from a link building standpoint. It actually looked like the pages that had um, a low word count, um, long uh, load times for the website. Those are the kind of the first things that we've seen. So we're kind of like honing in on that specifically right now. So I'm not sure if that's what you saw on your end. Yes, what we've uh, noticed primarily and just talking very, very high level without getting too granular about specific sites or so, um, we've noticed in the markets that we're monitoring that a lot of websites and well, some, I'm, I'm, when I say a lot, I mean sites that used to sit uh, strong on the first page of search results that were obviously showing trends of black hat uh, link building in them got completely wiped of the first page, like not even to be found on page two or three. And I'm talking about sites that had 20K plus links on them. And it was just very evident that things were not uh, looking good. The other thing that we've noticed is that some some websites lost ranking on mobile in favor of directories, unfortunately. Um, and we've also saw that reverse trend in desktop. So uh, some clients got an increase in uh, ranking on the first page over directories. So that's kind of like the way we felt it. We felt that the winners are clearly directories. They're uh, establishing themselves more uh, predominantly, particularly on mobile devices. And uh, we saw that those who've been uh, following Black Hat link, link building practices got penalized and heavily, uh, did not see much of an impact on speed. But uh, again, right, I mean, you know, different cases, different sites, everything, uh, as you said, you know, everything that Google does, you need to take it with a grain of salt and you will obviously feel it more on the areas that you know that you've potentially had more opportunities. But it's always interesting, right? It's always, always interesting. And with that being said, and having spent so much time talking about uh, how links have affected some or uh, potentially benefited others, why don't we go right in into our first question, Grace? All right. So, Ryan, yeah, we like to sort of open up things with um, 
mistakes, right? This is a no BS conversation. So what are the most frequent mistakes that you see law firms make with regards to the link building strategies? Sure. So I think I can kind of preface this just a little, little bit because we're already establishing the concepts of black hat uh, link building. And then therefore, if there's black hat, there should be, you know, the concept of white hat. So I think one of the first mistakes is kind of how people in general kind of view the concept of link building as a whole. So in, in terms of like if your Google standpoint, the whole concept in itself of link building and proactively gain links, Google would tell you all of that is black hat. So it's kind of like, like in my circle of SEOs, the people that I interact with, technically that just the action of link building in itself could be considered black, black hat. It's like looking at Yelp. So Yelp goes to you and says, if you solicit for reviews, they're not going to be counted. So they have like a very proactive um, terms and policies that say, you know, if you go for reviews, you know, that's not what you should do. Google kind of like in so many words says the same thing. So I don't know if it's maybe necessarily a mistake. We're going to definitely dive into actual like solid mistakes. But I think just even the outlook itself should always be like, if you're going to be engaging in link building, just just know that inherently it, it can be viewed as as black hat. So um, I guess that, that being said, and just like getting that out of the way, as far as like the, the actual mistakes, um, people are most commonly able to make mistakes by just diving right into buying links, I think. Um, without really vetting the sources and seeing where it's coming from and then potentially over-optimizing from those links. So um, maybe I can kind of like break down every aspect of that then. So um, I'd say the first mistake is uh, when it comes to link building, if you do take an approach where you are able to acquire a link, whether you, you, you do a link exchange or a guest blog or someone's going to you know backlink to you and you're able to kind of Tell them, you know, this this page with this anchor text, the anchor text being, you know, the text that's actually getting linked and going back to your website. Um, people should be mindful of kind of what the anchor text is going to be to avoid uh, over optimization. And the way that that can happen is, um, let's say you're a PI attorney in Atlanta, and you know you're getting backlinks, and sometimes it's good, you know, you have your firm name. Okay, and then you have maybe your URL, or maybe you have some of your generic terms like, like check out my website or click here. But when you start having too many links, if you're ranging, you're taking this approach, if you have too many links that are saying like Atlanta personal injury attorney and lawyer and car accident, if it's way too much, that's going to be an absolute red flag. And we've already seen that many times where you can kind of over-optimize like the links or the anchor text that you're using. So I would say that's the first. And then um, really next next mistake, if people are engaging in more proactive purchasing of links, um, regardless of you know the... I guess the consequences that could come with it. Um, you just have to be very mindful of where they're coming from. You know, they can back in the day, link farms used to be really prominent. That's how Black, Black Hat really just like really took off. You know, probably longer than when I started. I started doing this 10 years ago. It's already been happening for 10, 15, 20 years. But you know, link farms not knowing where it's coming from, from websites that have absolutely no content, no topic, no no meaning other other than to build links. I mean, those still exist today. So when people are out and they're talking to people about game links and they, oh, you can I can get you guest posts here or blog here, um, really just doing your due diligence and figuring out like where the links are actually going to be coming from. So I'd say those are a couple links. Hopefully it's not you know too specific about because I, I know as far as like maybe the audience people aren't like really diving deep into specifically link building, but those are mistakes that stand out for me. Yeah, to Excellent. me, that's the same idea of like meta stuffing back in the day, right? So 
to over-optimize something is the same concept. And I agree with you completely. It's, it's perfectly specific. It needs to be, right? Because we are talking about something kind of specific, which is link building. Yeah. And so I, I kind of feel the same way when you, when the way you said how link building in and of itself is considered a bad quote unquote thing from everybody, because in their mind, it's like soliciting for links, right? That's what it is. Exactly. So mm -hmm. uh, the way I, I, I conceptualize link building and tell me if you feel the same way is link building if you create the content for the purpose of creating content to actually help, which is what we're supposed to be doing as marketers and law firms, right? I don't consider it so much as link building. And so I guess that's more of a gray area, you know? Well, you're saying like in every time you engage in like a marketing initiative, if your ulterior motive is like, I hope I get a link from this, then yeah. I, I'm not sure that is when it comes gray for the sake of observing the black and white, I guess I can be gray. That's, that's the whole thing. And I don't want to get off too, too many uh, uh, sidebars, but that's like the whole thing with lawyers. One of the biggest things that you've seen for link building for bigger law firms in probably the past decade is the whole like scholarship approach, you know, and then they're like, Oh, it's a great way to get links. And it's like, is it a great way to get links? Or are you helping you know someone go to college? Yeah. yeah. I need, I need a you link, which is, one of but the most valuable, but it's very valuable. But that's that's right. why it became like a very relevant approach to link building. And there's and there's dozens, if not hundreds, of ways of obtaining links. So, yeah. Yeah. I I I totally agree with what you're saying. They uh, their grace. It's it is true. I mean, it's in the legal industry, link building has become such a hard such a hot topic because it's very um, hard nowadays to really get to rank on the first page just by creating content and then hoping for everything to work organically and get to position yourself on page number one just by having created and putting your heart out on blog content, on videos and all that good stuff. It's really, it's about building the authority and that's what gets you really on the page one. Not every industry, not every other sector has to go through these hurdles. Quite honestly, like if you do good on-site SEO, you're done. That's it. That's all you had to do. You're gonna you're gonna get uh, to rank for uh, whatever kind of content you're creating. But for the legal industry, it has become a really, really, really kind of like fierce uh, arena to play in. And so that's why the link building thing. I think it has become such a such a battle for people. And so going back to what you've said, Ryan, there, um, you've talked about buying links, doing due diligence, uh, over-optimizing your anchor text. Let's let's take those ones and talk about the, the, the good practices to be followed for those things that you're talking about there. So um, buying links, right? We've heard it many, many times. We all get the emails and the phone calls. I have one spot left for the top Orlando personal injury attorney, whatever, you know, goes for a $1,000 a month, jump on it right in. What's an attorney or a marketing uh, manager at a law firm to do when these emails come through? Uh, are you saying paying $1,000 a month for... Uh, to, to rank for a keyword? Potentially. Or, no, like being listed under a directory, right? Uh, so all those emails that are selling you out, uh, links in their directories, in their listings, the top 10 attorneys in uh, Orange County, the top 10 attorneys in uh, Seattle, that sort of thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, they write down on all these emails how many visits they get per month and how much traffic and yada, yada, yada. But 
at the end of the day, you know, it's all text on an email in front of you. Are you to trust this as an investment? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to directories, there's typically like a, um, a really simple vetting process that I advise my clients to. And it's just like, if someone comes to you and says, hey, do you want to be on this directory? Just do the searches in that area for those keywords and just see where the directory comes up. That's kind of like the first phase of, of vetting. It's so like, um, you know, there's directories like Justia and Super Lawyers and NOLA and Lawyers and all on all those. And, and they don't all rank, you know, top three in every single market. Sometimes Super Lawyers is top, sometimes Justia is top. So it kind of depends on, on the market. So the first phase of just like, seeing if the directory is a good choice is really just seeing where they're positioned. If you want to maybe verify what kind of traffic they have, um, I, I use SEMrush to verify a lot of things, just a, a SEO tool that I rely on for, for different uh, marketing tasks. Um, I'm not going to say that their traffic projector is 100% spot on, but I've uh, corroborated it with actual analytics data, and it's not it's not terribly far off. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty good uh, reference point. So, you know, between... Um, the cost, seeing where they actually come up, seeing what position they, they put you in in the directory itself. So, you know, they have their own microcosm going on within the directory. It's pretty much a search within a search. So, you know, if it's platinum, are you going to be top three? If it's gold, are you the next three or silver? So, you know, if you pay $1,000 a month for like their bronze and you're the fifth, 15th down, they're not even going to see you within that search. So it's kind of just seeing, you know, what the position will look like. Because if someone's number one, like if super lawyers is ranked number one, you know that it's going to get maybe 20, 30% of the, the clicks for those search queries. And then within that, if you're a top three, you could probably get a good amount of clicks within that. And then from a backlinking standpoint, you know, some directories that do have good metrics and authority because the whole point of link building is getting authority that passes from one website to your website. Uh, you're going to be doing a little bit of um, research to see if that's an authoritative directory to begin with. So, you know, some people use um, different tools for kind of um, authoritative metrics. So I believe that uh, Moz's is um, domain authority and page authority. Majestic is citation flow and trust flow. And then SEMrush has its own. It's just an authority score. And so on, on, on the surface level, you could argue that, you know, I want a link from a directory that has a, let's say, domain authority of 50. It's just you know, it's, it seems like a reasonable number. It's all relative to other websites. So, so you could argue that that 50 is more valuable of a link than a 30. But then there's there's other factors that come into play, such as what page it's on, and then possibly how many links they already link out, uh, how many websites they already link out to. So there's other factors in vetting links. So as a, and I know it's very hard to narrow it this down, right? Because as you've just said now, there's so many factors that need to be taken into consideration to really come to a final resolution. But if we were to bring this down to a system of two or three steps to take in order to kind of assess whether this is something that is worth having a conversation with, with whomever is sending you the email or not, I think you've, I mean, one that it's very clear is, of course, complete the searches yourself and see like where this site is ranking. And then You've mentioned some tools that, honestly, if you're doing SEO, whether you're doing it through an agency or not, 
you probably should still have a membership, at least a basic one, to tools like ACM Rush and such. Not just not just because you know uh, you want to have access firsthand to analytics yourself that you want to be able to research on your own, but it's also a great tool if you want to uh, if you're doing some of the content creation in house and so forth and so on. It's going to be a great way to research keywords and so forth. And we've talked about that in this uh, in other episodes. But uh, if you don't have access right to any of these tools. What should be then the follow-up questions that you send back and ask for um, for these people? Because they really don't give you that much information. They just tell you, we're going to list you on the first page of you know the top 10 attorneys in Dallas, Texas. So what, and and so you've searched, they're somewhere in the, in the first page, position four, position three, whatever, right? Uh, what should be the follow-up question that you'd want to ask uh, these kind of uh, sellers? Sure. Um, also, I mean, good thing about directories is that they're either going to kind of work or they're, they're not. So you're going to know like pretty quickly. So I guess other questions you would definitely ask as far as directories go to really want to cover yourself. So you always want to beat them up on price. <laughs> There's always that. So it's like if they say $500 a month, I guarantee you can get it for 250 or 300 um, uh, Shortening the length of the contract saying, you know, in, in the past, I haven't had too much success with directories. Yours looks promising. Don't lock me in for 12 months. That's like you know, that's a long time, a long commitment for something like that. Maybe you can get like a three or six month um, contract with an opt-out and then saying like, listen, if I don't get any leads whatsoever and I'm going to verify that, you know, with my own call tracking, your own dashboard, my analytics for referral traffic, you know, you should always have some sort of opt-out and not be like locked in for something like directory. Plus on on one of the biggest things really is what we're talking about with core updates that are huge. What happens if that directory ranks number one today and a week from now it, it gets hit because we didn't even know that their, all their links were trash. Then all of a sudden you're paying X amount a month to be on a directory on the fourth page. You shouldn't be stuck in that situation. So just kind of covering yourself would be the follow-up questions. Yeah, that makes uh, total sense. So see why. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hmm. All right. Excellent. Now that we've talked so much about directories. Do they are they worth the attention that we're giving them in terms of the value that they bring to SEO strategy? I think that in most cases, some sort of directory plan is a good part of a marketing mix, um, because really, it's what you were saying. There's just all this favor going to directories. With with every update, I just see directories just making a comeback. So really, since January, I've actually been personally following it pretty closely. And just whatever they're doing, and we kind of do know what they're doing, but Google just loves like whatever what they're doing. I mean, I know it's <laughs> heavily because of backlinks. If you look at, there's a huge correlation, and I've done this for Justia, and I did this for Super Lawyers, and they were both confirmed. The second Justia started jumping up a lot, you look at their backlink portfolio, and their backlinks were going through the roof. Same thing for Super Lawyers. So their prominence and results I think has an extremely strong correlation with their own backlinking strategy. So because of their authority, of course, when you get a link from them, it passes on that authority. So I definitely think that directories should be a part of your marketing mix, especially if some make sense in your specific market and for practice areas. Um, And then there's plenty of directories out there. It's not just like the five or six or seven that we're talking about. There's over a hundred. So you can get on all sorts of different legal directories. Each one wants to be like the next you know, lawyers.com, but each one is also a good way to get on most times for free. You get the backlink, um, you, you, um, solidify your, your nap, your name, address, phone, and then a website. 
Um, there's, yeah, there's plenty of lists out there just to get on directories for free as well. And so I think people should definitely, as much as they dislike a lot of them, um, I, I think that they still have value in, in a lot of situations. So Ryan, you, yeah, absolutely. I mean, anywhere that is relevant to your industry that you can get a citation, you should go and list yourself there. Like that's a super no brainer. We've talked about that grace in local search. We uh, mention it every single time that we're talking about SEO, right? So that's definitely of great value and it's important, particularly if you are after a local search strategy. Um, Ryan, I, I want to dig a little bit deeper there, right? Because there's a lot of listeners here that have no idea what directories are doing in terms of their link building strategy. So without naming any names here and without pointing out fingers as to who's doing what, in general, why is it that directories are becoming so prominent, particularly when it comes down to legal search terms, high intent search terms? Yeah, I'm, I think that there's a couple of reasons. I mean, one of the primary reasons just based off of what I've seen is that whatever link, I can't think of exactly where the links were coming from because you know, a lot of these people went from like zero to 30,000 links, you know, in, in a span of three months. and you can imagine where they all come from just every business related or legal related or resources that we've never heard of or even have access to but basically they've created an authoritative foundation with just a massive link building campaign but i think an, another reason that they're featured prominently with google is i, I think that google's as a whole has moved in a direction where they want to kind of diversify the results they provide to people so i think that it's kind of i don't know if it's built into the algorithm or, or just pretty much how they the direction they're going in in general but i think that they proactively show different results to provide a better uh search experience so they're like we can't just show for this search query 10 lawyers websites we want to show you know three directories and then four uh lawyers websites and maybe like a press release and maybe like an article i think that they're kind of diversifying that as well and directories are just definitely on the forefront of that consideration. Yeah, very good and, val and, and valid points. The diversification of that first page, and it's and it, it is a fact, right? It cannot be, as you very well said, all actual listings of uh, businesses. And that's why, as we've been talking about, and I'm not too sure, Ryan, what you think about it, but uh, local search is such a massive component now uh, for law firms and potentially the most uh, valuable strategy that they can pursue, right? Not only because the local pack is always showing above the organic search results or the organic search listings as we know them, but because it actually is about uh, showing businesses and users are getting used to now more than ever that if they if what they actually want to find is an actual business and not articles and not uh, directories, they should focus potentially on what's showing up on the uh, local pack, plus all the additional information that the local pack is starting to include, such as reviews, services, and such, right? That give you that reassurance that is actually very relevant to what you just searched. What do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the local, I mean, a lot of it has to do with local nowadays, especially because with the sense of like voice search and like everything kind of catering to what people are kind of looking for in the media area. I mean, legal services are absolutely contingent on a, on a geography. And that's when this comes into play, like, absolutely. So, you know, people are more on mobile. It's kind of like honing in on their IP or what their location is, maybe even in a creepy way. And so because people are on, on mobile and they're moving around and they're not like contingent on like a specific you know area, there's kind of like these 
areas in between the zips and cities that, that Google typically used. I think that the, the way that they cater and make the best search experience is what you're saying. It's just really pushing the local forward and then having you know those those results you know above everything else, and that's kind of the, the reason the directories work too. I mean, the local focus. Every single one of these directories, and it's not just in the legal space; it's pretty much in every industry. It's it's not like the homepage of this directory is what's showing up. It's the specific city page or the location page, and they're doing plenty of variations of that. They might do zip, they might do county, they might do region, city, like everything. They got it all covered. And they couple that with like practice areas or specific services. So these directories, you know, you take thousands of locations coupled with dozens of services. And I mean, these directories have millions of pages and they just, you know, blanket absolutely everything. So I think that's another reason that Google thinks are relevant. It's like, hey, they always have a page for this exactly exact search. So why shouldn't they show up? They, they all do it the same way. Yeah. I've also read that, um, and tell me if you've heard this before, and then we'll move on from here. But I, I've, I've read that the directories, people tend to like directories, like people, consumers themselves, you know, like when they're looking for something, you a lot of them, it's like the yellow pages, right? I mean, obviously not now, nowadays, there are other kinds of directories and they're all online, but like the yellow pages, you know, people would wait to get them and they would look through them, you know, and if they're looking for something, you'd go back to them. So I have heard um, and read in some research very, very thin though. So again, that's why I'm asking you, um, very thin research on this, where it does state that people like directories, which is why, you know, more clicks, less bounce rates, people started going through these directories. And so they just keep kind of increasing. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I would completely agree with that. People like their experience to be a little bit differently. Some people want to go to the website and read about an attorney and some people want to just see a list and then just be able to pick through the list. So, and I think that's a reason, another reason that directories might stick is because I don't think that a lot of them do, well, it's not really th their fault, but there's not branding to the level where people, the average consumer is like, I know what super lawyers is. They might over time doing research, but none of them have really stuck out from like a, a, anyone that has never done legal, like pursued legal services. They're not really familiar with the brands, but if they see it, they'll know, they'll probably know it's a directory. And it's like you're saying. And I also agree with that because I don't see this as much anymore. I used to see this more, but um, more like generic, like landing pages where it's like, we'll, we'll put you in touch with the, the best lawyer for your case. You know, your, your paid campaigns where it was just like findalawyer.com. They don't even list anyone. You know, it's not a law firm, but it's like a legal uh, referral service, I guess. And then People like that experience because they're like, I'll fill out my information and this person's for free is going to go and find the best lawyer for my case. And as we know, they're just finding the person that's paying for the leads. But from a consumer standpoint, they like the idea of a service already being done to them for free. And that might be like the same mentality a little bit for directories. That's kind of the feeling I've always gotten. So let's move on to sort of another controversial, I guess, or not controversial subject about blogs and guest blogging, right? Yeah. What do you think about that? You know, do you, do you, how can attorneys find guest blog posts? Should they, you know, where should they be searching if they should, you know, let's, let's talk a little bit about that. So yeah, guest blogging is an interesting one. So I think that it used to be when, when I got started and I was really diving into link building or at least getting my feet wet, maybe eight years ago, it was more like lawyers being in a network of lawyers and being like, Hey, if I write a blog, on your blog and get a link and I get it. And then there's just all this documentation, I think even from Google that said reciprocal, uh, reciprocal links or, or no. And then like kind of over time, looking back, I just, 
I'm like, I don't really know what the big deal is. <laughs> like, like people were really like afraid of doing it because, um, in my experience, I don't think anyone got penalized for that. I mean, if people link to each other all the time naturally, um, so, so guest blogging now has kind of evolved into a point where it's more, you can either do outreach or you can pay for it. And so, um, have you guys talked about outreach link building on here before? I know that's like kind of its its own thing and people see it a lot. <laughs> we have not. We've talked. So basically what we've had a few months ago was a conversation on off-page SEO, right? And we've talked about many, many, many dif different uh, aspects of off-page SEO. Of course, one of them being link building, but we haven't really talked about specific link building campaigns, mm. right? And how to go about it and what are good practices and what aren't things to be avoided. So this is a great time to actually talk about what would be considered a good outreach strategy and what are things that tend to get ignored or not uh, acted upon. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, so outreach, I don't really see too many law firms doing it, but I think that there are companies out there that would do it on their behalf. And, um, it's basically, you know, going to a, you know, a website, coming up with like an email campaign where you vet a list of websites that you would potentially want to be featured on for one reason or another, and then being, you know, saying, "Hey, I know you talk about this. I think that this blog would be a good feature for your resources or your blog." Or trying to kind of coordinate ways to write content for someone else so they link back. Um, I think that it's more done on a massive scale. It's typically done for for larger companies, um, not even really law firms, but there are. Uh, agencies out there that would do the, do it on their behalf, and it's it's been around for a while, but apparently it still potentially can work. It's just a lot of time, and people have kind of caught on to it, especially webmasters. So you know, if you're an authoritative website, you might get like one or two requests a day, like, "Hey, I think this content would be helpful for your website." So it's it's a concept that I think maybe lawyers can like cons consider, like, "Oh, that's kind of interesting," and, and maybe consider it. Um, but it's not something that I would ever advise doing internally because of the time and resources. So then the alternative, of course, is just buying guest posts, which actually is um, a little bit more of a um, prominent, I guess, approach that some people are taking. And you know, that has its own pros and cons. I think that the cons are that people commonly will you know, however they go about purchasing that approach, they can go, you know, online and look in forums or just websites dedicated to it, or, you know, speak with, you know, SEO company, get a referral. But, you know, a lot of times they're getting links back or they're featuring their blogs on a lot of websites that aren't even legal related. And I, and I think that's kind of like one of the issues that comes with guest blogging, because it's very, very rare for people to get blogs featured on websites that are a legal resource or a legal website. It, you'll see it happen and people do it inappropriately. And they buy a guest, guest blog and all of a sudden they're in between a blog about how to fix your, your car and how to do yoga during COVID. So it's just, you have to be, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just one of those things where, you know, people want to do it, but it's really hard to do it right enough and find the right places to, to, to feature guest blogs. That's definitely what I've noticed, you know, with guest blogging, it's so more difficult to find the right one, sort of like you were saying, right, about domain authority and all this other stuff that you have to kind of consider before you want to put your name on that site. So, and particularly for law firms, right? I mean, they have other considerations they have to think about, like, you know, where my information is listed. And is that, you know, who, who actually owns that guest blog? You know, yeah. like if, if you start looking deeper into it, is it owned by some random company in the middle of, 
I don't know, pick a country outside of the US, you know? So those are the considerations I've always had with blogs. So I appreciate, you know, the way you've explained it and kind of framed it. It's helpful. How would you decide or vet an actual website and say, I would want to be uh, featured or as a contributor to that site, right? How, what would be if someone is saying, well, you know what, uh, I do want to give it a try. How, you know, because ultimately I'm not ranking other law firms around me. They are writing articles and being featured. Uh, how do you find out where they're actually writing these articles and where are they being featured? And uh, from there, build a strategy to reach out to those uh, websites and try to get yourself in as a writer or with a link. Well, to, to start, if there's one piece of advice I can give that might be the most valuable for this entire podcast as far as link building, um, going back to the tool, just, just do a free trial at the very least, maybe for a week and do a backlink analysis of, of your competition. Um, I think that's pretty much how I learned how to do all the link building I ever did is by looking at law firms that are really killing it in their markets. They rank number one for multiple keywords um, consistently, and they must be very authoritative. Um, it's not, Most times in legal, as competitive as, as it is. There's no way that people are ranking just because they have great content and great on-page. There has to be some sort of link building strategy. So you do a bank click analysis. I mentioned SEM Rush that can do it. Um, Ahrefs can do it. Um, SpyFu is great. They, and then you'll get basically a great huge chunk of their backlink um, portfolio. And you kind of just go through and you're like, these are where they're getting, getting their links. And then from there, you don't necessarily have to get all the same links they're getting. Um, I'm sure there's plenty that you can't for one reason or another, but it might like kind of inspire you to pursue similar links. So for example, it's like, oh, this person has been getting a lot of links because they're very charitable and they donate a lot to like little league teams. I don't know, something random like that. You know, like we're involved in, in this. Maybe we can donate. We have a great relationship. You know, it's not the worst thing in the world to leverage some relationships and maybe get some backlinks in places that you very well could. So I think that yeah, doing a backlink analysis and, and kind of getting involved there is going to pretty much open up your eyes to to all the ways that you can be obtaining links and building authority in um, in your respective market. And then and then from there, you can do um, some sort of out, outreach. If there are places that you you want to get a similar link, like hey, my competition wrote a blog on this website, you know about law. I can write about that topic too. Then you know do outreach there. Yeah, that actually, I really love there something that you've said, which is leveraging relationships that you already have in existing. And so, Ryan, what would you advise a law firm to consider, like to look at their circle, at their external circle and see, well, we may be able to get some links from uh, relationships we already have yeah. uh, that we've helped, contributed, supported, whatever, right? What, what could be some of those relationships that, many law firms can potentially already have in place, yet they're not leveraging. So can you give us a few ideas? I mean, obviously you said they're a little league, but what are others? Sure. That one is very random. So I'll talk about ones <laughs> that will probably make more sense. So um, when it comes to law firm and, and multiple lawyers, I, I mean, as, as far as the ones that I know, I mean, lawyers, I, I think, are very like involved in the community. Um, a lot of times, at least the ones that, that we work with. So I mean, bar associations, um, they do speaking engagements, publications, you know, if you haven't gotten links from doing any of that, you know, if being featured on websites for, for anything like that, um, any sort of meetups, um, you know, being a part of your local, like, um, you know, commerce, um, 
I mean, pretty much just like anything that you're you're featured on, you know, from a professional standpoint, you're like, you know, where you went to law school, if they, you know, write up something about you, you know, where you formerly went to school, you know, you got backlinks that way. So just, you know, anyone that's like involved in the community or, or, or just, you know, you know, any step of the way with their contributions, I guess, as a lawyer, it's going to be featured somewhere. And if they're not getting, you know, the, the backlink for it, uh, I'm sure that opportunity is available. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I tell people that all the time. I'm like, if you were featured here on CNBC, on NBC, wherever you were featured, why do you not have anything linking to you? At least your bio on your website. I mean, if you're not going to link it to the actual practice area page, fine, link it to your bio, you know, or a homepage, which we know we don't necessarily like because of different reasons, but, mm. you know, uh, at least the homepage then, you know, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong on that one. Oh yeah. I mean, at the very least, and like you're saying, like the attorney bio, because like, there's a lot of times lawyers kind of do things without like think, thinking about it. They, they might like, you know, go to the local bar and speak and they were on a website and they're not even aware of it or someone they interviewed from the local news and they featured it, but they didn't link to them at any point. Like we'll, we'll on our behalf of our clients, sometimes we'll, um, we run Google alerts for our own clients. So every single time they're, uh, we see them pop up for something. We can email them and say, "Hey, I saw you in the news. That was cool." And they go, "How do you know I was on the news?" But that also works, you know, twofold. You go back and we look at the actual article, and we're like, and we'll actually reach on their behalf and say, "Hey, by the way, can you can you link back to them?" And they'll they'll do it like nine out of ten times. So that's great. Yeah, I mean, lawyers. I mean, they're for the most part, from what I see, they're very active. They want to be a part of the community. They want to give back. They want to be recognized. Um, and then in doing so, the byproduct is their involvement and in all these little things they don't think about that they could actually be in, you know, links from. But that kind of goes back to the ulterior motive. I don't necessarily encourage people to do things just for a backlink. I think that everything that you want to happen will follow just just by doing it. Right, by doing it right. And mm -hmm. that actually kind of takes us to basically the end of our conversation. Um, we would like to take three actionable takeaways that at the end of the podcast, people can actually do and do maybe now or, you know, with planning, maybe a couple of things later, but three things that they can do right this second. And you can use the last one you just said, which is about the, uh, you know, reaching out if you have or setting up a Google alert, if you'd like, you know, for your name or your brand. Cool. And I only got two left then. There <laughs> you go. Cool. Um, so there's, there's all sorts of ways to get um, a lot of links naturally without having to, you know, take the next level and, and then go on legit or conquer or Fiverr and try to start figuring out how to get like all these crazy run away. <laughs> yeah. Run away for any Fiverr listing. Yeah. Of, I mean, uh, you don't, yeah, just link building. I think that I don't want to put like the idea of like anyone listening and say, Oh, I could just buy links. That's the end of it. Let's just figure out how to do that <laughs> because you're typically not going to get the best links that way. And, and if anyone else got it, I mean, it's probably going to be oversaturated. You, and then also the places you buy links, they could, the website can go down. They can bury the post. You can lose its value overnight. The the whole entire website could be um, get a manual action for all you know, just for being in itself a new iteration of a link farm. So you can't really. It's not sustainable. I don't. I don't think maybe you know maybe for like a quick ranking or something, but it's just not the best way to approach it. So the the low hanging fruit for content is. Um, Sorry, not content, link building, citations. If you don't really have citations set up, a lot of people get stuck with Yext. I don't want to badmouth any company, but Yext uh, will remove all your citations if you don't pay them every year. So I don't typically um, encourage people to go with anyone that kind of holds anything hostage or, or reverses work if you don't pay. So um, alternatives are WhiteSpark and Bright Local. 
for, for citations and that's links. Um, what we mentioned about directories, just going out, there's plenty of directories out there that don't cost money and th those are backlinks. And, you know, if it's relatively cheap, relative being maybe 50 or hundred dollars annually, something like, you know, pretty modest, you can get a pretty good backlink doing that. And um, so th those are kind of some ways to kind of build, you know, the foundational links. And then I guess maybe one, one last tip, we didn't really talk too much about how content can actually generate pretty good backlinks on its own. So uh, I know that's kind of a separate conversation, but in, in some situations, if you write just really interesting content about a very specific topic, um, I have seen some pretty good links come from that, from people re reading the article and it just being really on point and being used as a reference and they can get links that way. It doesn't happen all, all the time in the legal industry because it's not very common for people to be like, I'm going to link to a, a law, law firm's website, um, but but it can. And so I would encourage people to write content as if people would want to share it. Yeah, I have seen that as well. That's great. What kind of content? You're talking here that you've seen it happen before yeah. where something just took off organically and got links just because of its natural appeal. Mm -hmm. What was it? Was it an article? Was it uh, an infograph? What was it? Um, so in, in this situation, I can think of three, fortunately. I, I would hate for you to ask and go like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> so I could actually think, <laughs> three, three, I think of three of them. Yeah. So there was one that was um, with the, like a, a Ninja Blender recall. Um, and actually these were, that was a page and the other two are going to be blogs. So that was a page and that actually got some backlinks. Um, and most of the time it's because it has national appeal. So if you're talking about something like pretty specific, it might not, you know, have enough visibility or enough, you know, appeal na nationally to really get links. So all these kind of, I think that they were initially optimized for like kind of a, a locale, but then they kind of just hit a niche and just made their way. So one was that one was for um, gun, like your rights for gun restoration because yay guns. And then, um, and, and then the third one was um, how to fight a, a breathalyzer in Florida. And that one probably got the most because that was probably getting shared on, on Reddit and, and other places where people are just like, you know, st uh, stick it to yeah. stick it to the government, how you fight this thing. So, you know, when you write about, it's like, you know, stuff like that, it's like how to get your guns back and how to, how to beat a DUI. Um, you know, people find that stuff interesting. They don't have to be client. You know, it might not result always in clients, but it can position you as an authority and get links. So yeah. there's always um, that approach too. Yeah. And so the next conversation has to be on how to find out what people are asking about, right? Mm. So you can write about it. Yeah. And that's that's Excellent. a fun topic. Yeah. That's a good it one. is. I agree. Yeah. So Ryan, again, thank you so much. This conversation really passed by in a blink of an eye. It's been so interesting and so informative and we appreciate your time and we hope to have you again back soon for another conversation. Who knows, maybe on finding the questions that people are asking now. All right, excellent. Love being on. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, okay, Ryan. Okay, thank you very much, Ryan. Thanks. Grace, what a great conversation. I've learned a lot. How about you? Me too. Um, you know, I learned a few new things about backlinks that, you know, I thought I knew quite a bit, but, you know, Ryan definitely looked at it from a whole other perspective and that was appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> I learned that legal directories are not always playing fair. So yeah, we have to keep that in mind and kind of like understand that they're not going to be going anywhere anytime soon, or apparently it doesn't point to that. So Grace, now knowing those facts, what can we do 
in order to leverage good practices for our link building strategy. What would you say our takeaways should be? What would be your takeaway number one? So to me, the biggest thing, and this is super important, guys, that you pay attention to this, don't buy crap. What do I mean by that? Don't buy backlinks just for the sake of buying backlinks. You need to bet, 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 bet everything you do, everything you look at, especially if you're going to be attaching your name to it. So don't buy crap. Don't buy backlinks. Yeah. yeah. Chances are that if it's being offered to you, it's being offered to a dozen or a hundred other law firms around you. And so potentially it may not have that much of a big effect. Uh, Ryan did a great job at explaining some tools that you can use to actually assess whether there's any quality on that website, where does it rank? And even if you don't have access to the tools, whether it's SEM, Rush, Majestic, whatever it is, right? You can still just take out your phone for God's sake and do a search yourself and see where they rank, right? Because that alone, it's already gonna tell you where and how much of an impact you can have. But I think there are other kinds of listings and other kinds of links that are do worth uh, investing time and maybe a little bit of money on Grace. So should we make that our takeaway number two? Yes, I would say so. You know, I mean, like he mentioned a couple, right? Ryan said super lawyers and, you know, Justia and, you know, I, I can think of Avlo. I mean, there's a few of them, right? So yeah. I would say list yourself in relevant directories. You know, if you buy a premium listing, you can, but just make sure you research and negotiate, right? That's what I took away from what Ryan said. You can always negotiate yeah, the price and you can, at least with the terms, right? The length of the term, don't get locked in because all of a sudden there's an update and now you are no longer in the directory and number one and you're not coming up yep. anywhere, right? So my favorite part, Grace, my favorite part of all of that was just really measure it, right? I mean, if you're going to get a link, then make sure that you're measuring traffic through analytics and then uh, call tracking, right? Uh, depending on how serious the investment is, you may want to consider assigning its own dedicated call tracking number. And so, you know, very, very clear when are you getting calls from a particular listing? So it's really not complex. You should, you should already have call tracking for all of your other just marketing activities. Agree so with you. yeah, just, uh, make sure that you are paying attention to that also when you're looking at reporting. Again, we've said it many times before. The, the beauty about digital marketing is that there's no guesswork. Everything is measurable and it's all black and white. You can actually look at the numbers and let them do the talking and the decision making. So that I think makes for a good second takeaway. Get yourself listed in all the le relevant uh, legal directories in the US. You cannot lose out of that. Right, Grace? That's right. Now, what would be your third takeaway? So I feel like number three would be when we were talking about guest blogging, leverage your existing network to guest blog. You know, they're not everybody or not every law firm or lawyer will be in the news 24 seven. You know, if you are set up a Google alert and make sure that the moment that, you know, if they haven't already linked to you, that you ask them to link to your either bio, the practice area page, and at the very least your home page. If you don't have that all set up, then Leverage your existing network to guest blog. Talk to people that you know. See if they'll, you know, let you write an article on their website. And, you know, in turn, you know, these are things that are supposed to help each other and help other people. This is why we're producing content. You know, obviously, the idea is not to search for backlinks just for the sake of getting backlinks. It's for assistance to others, right? This is why lawyers do content to begin with. So 
leverage your existing network to guest blog. And if you already are mentioned in the news a lot, set up a Google alert and make sure they link to you. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, like if, if you get featured on the news a lot and you contribute to journalists and such, you should already have that set up as part of your agreement with them from the very get-go, right? Like... I'll give you valuable information, I'll give you insights, I'll show up on your show, but I would kindly ask you to please uh, always feature back at me uh, in whichever way that you want, right? And so I think that's uh, something that if you are going after a strategy of being a source of information for journalists and such, you should talk and express what is it that you uh, would like to get out of that contribution, right? Because most of the times you do this voluntarily, you're providing information voluntarily. Of course, it's a, it's terrific exposure that you get. And as uh, Ryan said, I mean, most of times they will actually have no issues whatsoever with giving you that link as well. And depending the publication, but honestly, almost every publication, like the link's going to be valuable. So it's really, really, really great, right? I mean, local news links, they're terrific. Okay, Grace. So we have really good takeaways here. I think this was a really good conversation. We probably shouldn't have this on the pedestal that we've kept at all of this time, right? I mean, the goal of a website is to provide useful and valuable information to users. Do that, right? And hopefully things will take off uh, on their own. It's, it, yeah, it's like what he said at some point. Like, he's seen it uh, with some articles, and you've seen it, Grace, and I've seen it. It's just about creating content that actually helps people and that answers questions that people want answers for. And so when you're doing that and you're doing it with a purpose and you're creating quality, people will find out about you, will visit your website, and Google will be watching and they will be uh, acknowledging the value of your website and rewarding you accordingly. Grace, thank you again for another great conversation and we'll have another one next week, right? That's right. Okay. Ready to go. Excellent. Have, have a, good, a great rest of your week. You too. Thank you, Leah. Thanks, Grace. If you like our show, make sure you subscribe, tell your co-workers, leave us a review, and send us your questions at ask at We'll see you next week.